Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Benji and I grapple with the topic of stagnation and feeling stuck and how you can move from feeling stuck to feeling momentum very quickly. We got super practical in this episode and found two very quick action steps that you can take right now in order to unstuck yourself and move back into alignment with who you want to be. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Jack, Susie, Sally. Welcome back, Hansel, Franzel. Today, we are going to talk about being stuck. And what's even more frustrating is when you want to grow and you're trying to grow, but you still feel stuck. Mm -hmm. We want to unpack this because there's a lot of people in this situation in their lives in general, but Mm -hmm. specifically with their sexual integrity. And that can play some tricks on you, right? Especially if you've been at it for a while, especially if you've had some progress. I know a lot of people that tortures them. They've made progress. They feel like, yeah, I got this. And then they trip, slip, and fall. And they find themselves right back where they were. And they're like, was that a dream? Will I ever do it again? So we want to kind of unpack all this. For all of you out there who feel like there's an invisible wall that's holding you back from being happy. Let's start with accounts. I'd love to get as specific as possible with testimonies, either from our own lives or from other people. For the sake of keeping this out of the realm of being too hypothetical, with some examples of people who are still stuck so that people can really feel that because it's really good to feel if you're stuck to not deny it, but to really feel it, but also the people who got unstuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have any off the tip top or do you want me to tip it off the tip? Just off the tip, just off the tip. There's a ton of people in High Noon who have been struggling with growth, porn addiction, the things that people usually come to High Noon for initially. It's pretty, pretty evident that people who grow quickly or see progress is something shifts in them. So we've had people on the podcast like Josh Fontaine. We've had testimonies, right, from people like Hector from Costa Rica, who kind of from Kozan, from people like Seiji, from all these guys who have publicly shared their testimonies. And I've worked with them, you know, in our program, the Spartan program, plug in for that, if you are interested in joining the Spartan program. And I think for me, it's the fastest way. I don't want to say fastest because then you, you kind of start to paint a picture like the, goal, the purpose of growth is fast growth, right? I don't think that's the goal. I think if you force yourself to grow, you're probably not going to grow and you're probably going to be disappointed in yourself in the end. So I think what's helpful for people like Kozan, for example, right? You can watch his testimony if you want. He's a guy that had a lot of shame around his porn habit. And his sexual integrity is filled with shame and just like, I'm not where I should be. And I can't speak for him. I think you should talk to him yourself. But it becomes clear for people like that as they go through a process of just like breaking down what is the biggest roadblock for them to getting to where they want to go and really being self-aware and honest about that. And for a lot of people, it's it's like the shame of the porn habit itself. And when they actually just tell somebody, and he even said to me that he thought for a long time that years even that. I can beat this by myself. Like that was the identity he had and the thought in his mind is I can beat this by myself. And if I ask for help, that means I'm lesser than or I'm, I can't do it. So the ego starts getting in the way. So that was his belief. But when he actually told somebody, the shame kind of is dispelled immediately because shame is just a shadow in your life. And when you shed light on the shadow, it immediately disappears. So he didn't associate the shame and guilt with the porn and masturbation anymore. 
And that seemed to be one of the biggest roadblocks that was causing him to kind of spiral. So I feel like that's one thing. And I, I experienced that in my own life too. Like for me, the biggest roadblock in my sexual integrity was my anxiety and stress and not having a way to relieve that stress in a productive way until I found a productive way to alleviate stress and anxiety, especially when I was really stressed out of my mind. And until I did that, it was always the biggest roadblock, the biggest not, not in my system. And that was it. So that's how I kind of personally expedited growth regarding sexual integrity, at least there are a lot of areas, but it was just like figuring out the biggest roadblock and then getting really, really serious about addressing that. And that helped me grow and get past the point of being stuck. But the thing is, I knew that it's what I needed to do, but I just never did it. It seems like there's always something, right? Another guy that I won't name, who was always saying like, when I was talking with him, I keep going back to it when and feeling triggered and then watching stuff. And I was like, why don't you just get software, Covenant Eyes or something? And he's like, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I want to beat it on my own, right? I don't want to be the guy that relies on software as a, as a crutch, as a band-aid. And he kind of thought about it and I challenged him a bit and he was like, you know what, it probably might help me. And it turned out that that was what he needed to do. He just needed to have some accountability, right? The accountability feature of Covenant Eyes helps you send a report to somebody that you name as your ally, your accountability partner. And that's what he needed to do. And that was like the one thing that he was avoiding because he knew that it would help him, but he just wasn't doing it. So it sounds like there's always stuff that we know we need to do for ourselves, but for some reason we just don't do it. And sometimes we need to be our own coaches and our own mentors because we know what we need to do. We just need to change something or break some belief or change our identity from, I need, I want to quit on my own to, I don't need to quit on my own. Or I can't quit porn because it's so hard to, why can't I just quit quit porn? I'm bringing this all to sexual integrity because this is like my world and we've been doing this for a long time, but but maybe you can share about some other areas of life. (laughs) No, no, no. That's the recommendation that you're suggesting is, First thing is to identify the biggest roadblock. And I think that possibly in the beginning for a lot of people, they might not know what that is, but that's what high noon is all about is to help you identify that. If you're honest, if you have a sincere desire to identify what is your biggest roadblock, you will by joining a group and by talking about it, because eventually you could even ask other people and they'll probably tell you what they think, right? If you're open to it. So identifying that big roadblock is the first step. And the second step is, I feel, because I just recently did it in my own life, not about sexual integrity, but just about taking my life on is that after a brief respite of taking a break and being on vacation for a little bit, I really missed the process of growth and like welcoming discomfort. When you're in the mood to welcome discomfort, it's like you're feeling a little bit feisty. You watch a motivational video and you're like, I'm going to go for a 10 mile run or whatever, like you're welcoming discomfort. You know that it's not going to be pleasant, but you just feel like putting yourself through the ringer. That's actually a huge factor. So you have this giant barrier that you've just identified. The Mm. next step is to be willing to be uncomfortable. And that's Mm. like welcoming feedback, welcoming accountability. That's part of that discomfort is like, I don't want other people to know my secrets. Well, guess what? That's a giant hindrance to freedom is if you have the secret life. The Mm. discomfort of letting people know who you really are is your ticket to freedom. So roadblock and then discomfort. You cannot go through this process one without the other. And I got to say, I've been going through, (laughs) I'm doing many different things in my life from just pushing myself physically to get back the physicality that I want on this program to kind of do body weight stuff, like 
handstand push-ups and stuff like that. So that wow, Andrew. Yeah, I used. To, He's doing I, them right now, not? guys. As we're as we're recording this <laughs> with my giant nose. The point is, I just want to confront all the areas of my life that where I'm slack, where I'm lazy, where I'm complacent, and to get uncomfortable. That's a non-negotiable. And to be honest, I was watching this documentary about the skateboarder because I used to be 100% into skateboarding. And when I was coming back from Argentina from a high noon event, I saw this professional skateboarder in the airport and I chickened out for some reason. I didn't What's go his name? Who is he? Tom Asta. He's a really technical skateboarder. He's really good. But anyway, I was just watching a documentary about what makes him great. And one guy identified it that he has this God-given ability, but he nourished it by obsessively working on it. So it's not one without the other. He needed the talent, but he also needed the determination. Mm. Every single person listening to this podcast has the framework for greatness because you're a child of God. Like in terms of being building sexual integrity, you all have that. That's your God-given greatness. It's now the obsessive nature of actually caring enough to work on fixing your life piece by piece and constructing it. And there is no other way to get to greatness. And I realized I really repented a lot. I didn't put in that work in a lot of areas of my life. That's why I don't have abs right now. That's why I don't have trillions of dollars or whatever, because that dedication to the minutia every day putting in the work. Mm -hmm. But this is not a podcast about any of those things. It's about sexual integrity. So there is no sexual integrity without putting in the work every single day. It's a non-negotiable. That's how you get greatness. And sexual integrity is actually a call to greatness. It's like, well, do you want a happy marriage? Do you want to be able to control yourself? Do you want to be able to funnel and channel your energy towards really cool things? There's no other way to it. I want to share just last night, I was talking with a guy who is really, really been down on himself because he's really depressed because he's not where he needs to be or he wants to be or he should be yeah. in terms of his definitions of where he should be by his age, right? I think he's, sure. you know, late 20s, 30s. So after hearing his frustrations, he was getting really, really frustrated at expectations put on him by church or religion. The Bible says this, Bible says that, but I'm, you know, and he's got all these frustrations and I just listened and I, I asked him genuinely, I was like, okay, so what can you do? What do you want to do about it? Or what are your options more? And of course he, he feels stuck because he feels he doesn't have options because he's tried everything. He's tried to, to lose weight. He's tried to, to have sexual integrity and he feels like nothing's working. And I just said, honestly, like you have expectations. Like you have high expectations and you're not meeting them. So what can you do about these expectations? And then we kind of peeled it back and we concluded, he concluded on his own that he can either change his expectations or he can change what he feels like success is. So I shared my experience personally about what I deem as success as my metric is I stopped a long time ago. I stopped measuring success by external metrics by like how much sex I'm having or how many days of clean I am or how much money even or like fitness goals, but rather I deem my success by, am I putting the right amount of effort every day? And if I do it and I change and I pivot and I kind of adjust it as I go, that is success. And it's extremely liberating to feel that way because then I'm not stuck with some arbitrary deadline. Like in within three months, I'm going to have six pack abs, but rather as an example is I know that if I do the cardio, the fitness, the weightlifting, and I don't eat like garbage. And if I do that every day, I know guaranteed over a long enough time horizon, I will hit the goal, like yeah. guaranteed, like that's science. So I started measuring my success by, am I doing the right work every day? And if so, then I'm going to personally like obliterated these arbitrary deadlines I put on myself, which I always did for years. Like I'm going to do this in one month, two weeks, 
three months. And then it's just like, no, forget all that. Am I doing the work? Because if I do the work, then it guarantees I will see success. Almost guaranteed. If I keep doing the right work, right? So, and then I applied this to my marriage because I've shared a few times, my wife and I have went through a lot of difficulties, especially relational, sexual, et cetera. But I always had a long-term thinking. I know you love talking about this too, right? <laughs> like the long-term goal is I want to have great sexual relationship that's selfless, that is have, filled with give and take and love. And to get there, if I'm doing the work every day to get there, I know that I'll get there. And it took years, but I didn't really focus on the years because I didn't have expectations. I just focused on, am I doing the work that I know will get me there? And it took years and years of doing that until finally it's like, here we are where we are. And I still don't feel like we've made it, quote unquote, like we're successful in our marriage. I just continue to put in the work in my fitness, in my marriage, sexual integrity, relationships, because I know over a long enough time horizon, my entire life, those will continue to grow and grow. And the reason that people fail is because people don't think long-term. People think I'm going to have six back abs in one month or two months. And if I don't, then I'm going to give up. I'm just going to give it a shot. But the reality is if you do that, you might succeed or you might not. And if people don't have the progress that they expect on themselves, then they tend to get depressed and sad about it. And this is what this guy was going through. So I said, you can change your expectations or change the way that you see success. So that's what he's doing now. He's going through this process of like, what is my goal of sexual integrity? My North Star is I want to be this person. I want to be this person. So practice being that every day. And that's your success. Day by day, you're doing the things. Then you're being successful if it's the right thing. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player, or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. It's just the illusion of like this feeling of stuck. What you described is exactly what I heard recently from somebody where they just felt so guilty because they were comparing themselves to where other people are at with their sexual integrity. And Mm. they just were judging themselves as being worse than other people because other people were further along in their journey. And I found myself giving very generic advice in that moment because I was like, you can't compare yourself to other people. I heard this guy talking on a podcast. He's a professor and he was talking about general life happiness kind of topic. And he was talking about a flight that he was on where he heard a really old couple, not really old, but they were in their 80s, kind of last section of their life. And the man was really griping about feeling like he didn't do anything with his life. He didn't understand what was the point of continuing. Why don't I just die kind of thing? And his wife was consoling him and trying to bring him back to a healthy place. And this guy who was listening to these old people was assuming that they were just kind of like losers. When he saw them leaving the plane, he actually recognized the guy as being one of the most successful CEOs in the country. And he had been around and he accomplished all these things that on a piece of paper would would be like, this guy's obviously made it. But the point is he wasn't doing the work of doing meaningful work. The work is meaningful work. It's like, are you doing stuff that you deem to be meaningful? And is it taking you somewhere? Like, is it progressing you in some way? And that alone is what stimulates you to keep going. You have to know the framework. You have to understand, you have to add meaning to the stuff that you're doing. Otherwise, yeah, the 
kind of constantly compare yourself to who you want to be and it'll never be good enough. So it's amazing because we always talk about fitness just because it's a very easy analogy and it's, it's a lot easier to tell if somebody's physically fit rather than if their sexual integrity is fit. Yeah. And we're just some <laughs> you know? dudes. We're just some dudes on a podcast. No, but that's, like, women are the same thing. Everybody like has we were, to stay If we were like shape. morbidly obese, like this conversation would be <laughs> very different, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, that's the thing is we're in good shape, but here's the other thing. What you're talking about is like, okay, that abs instance, I've been in gyms long enough in many different gyms. I remember I once joined a gym called like Rhino Gym back in Toronto and it was like a, like a meathead gym, but it was just like close. So I joined it and a lot of steroids going on there, you know, and you see all these guys who obsessed with the physique and the muscle tone and all this, and they're willing to sacrifice their health in order to look healthy. So for the abs, I remember seeing this dude standing outside the gym or going to the gym smoking. And I was like, this is the craziest thing I can possibly fit into my mind. Cause he's like really in shape and he was smoking a cigarette. And I was like, wow. So chasing after the abs is chasing after showing people how you are versus fitness. There's functional muscle and then there's the look of muscle. And it doesn't necessarily one equate the other. You could have tremendous looking muscles, but they're useless. My friend was one of the biggest bodybuilders. This guy that I went to high school with, he ended up being one of the biggest, most successful bodybuilders ever. And I remember back in high school, even he could not touch his elbows together at all because his chest was so big. And so he couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything. He was useless, but he was huge. So when you think about, I think the older that I get, the more that I just realize how things like yoga, that's true fitness because you're keeping dexterity. You're moving your muscles, but you're also moving your joints and you're doing it in a way that's actually natural. And not to prolong the topic, but the course that I'm taking about the body weight in the gym, you're lifting things that are not you, but in your body weight, you're lifting yourself. What's more natural than that? Mm -hmm. Learning how to mm -hmm. lift your own body. So I think it's very similar with sexual integrity is like we can chase after things that will show that we have sexual integrity. I don't watch porn anymore. I don't masturbate. Things that you can say, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're fulfilling the purpose of sexual integrity, which is fulfillment. Are you comfortable in your own skin? to where you're not chasing after external stimulus, that you're satisfied and you're giving. You're coming from a place of giving when you're around people. When you're with the opposite sex, that you're giving them just platonic love without any conditions. And if you are in a relationship, if you're married, that you can do platonic and you're not always chasing after sex, but you're also able to be in a sexual relationship with somebody in a giving way. That's a far cry from, I didn't watch porn this week. Okay, cool. How long can you hold your breath for? David Blaine it's a great held trick, his breath but for you got to breathe sometimes. So what are cool. you going to do with that? So it's not about resistance. It's not about maintaining some regimented schedule of not feasting, of not eating. It's, it's about life fulfillment. One thing that helps me with this meaningful work that you're talking about and fulfilling work is just doing something that I talked about doing something every day that will reach your goal eventually. It has to be enjoyable to me. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. Like that's Absolutely. just a belief I have. Like regarding fitness, regarding mental health, sexual integrity, relationships, if I can't see myself doing it for the rest of my life or like a decade at least, then it's not worth doing because then it's all about short-term gains. It's like no one cares if you're in fit for, you're fit for just the summer. Who cares? Like good, good job. <laughs> and then the next summer, you're the same. So I feel like that's a helpful framework is like, do I enjoy doing this? For example, fitness, I enjoy playing volleyball. And man, you burn a lot of calories playing beach volleyball. 
And that's just really fun. So I can do that pretty much multiple times a week. And that's just, I like biking. So I cycle to the cafes around town to get work done, bring my laptop or I walk there. And that's just really enjoyable for me. And I don't like doing other things that some people enjoy. Like I hate running, so I just don't. But I know running is really good for you and it's awesome, right? I don't know. There's people (laughs) who are challenging that. Yeah, well. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, if you associate pleasure with it, And also knowing your body, that's the other thing, right? With fitness, you got to know your body and where it's at and what it needs. Because if you force it, you're going to strain it. That's why actually the first guy to popularize jogging in America wrote a book about it. Used to be like not a thing in America. He died in his 50s of heart problems, (laughs) right? So it's something to be said about really learning Mm -hmm. your body. And in terms of sexual integrity, it's also learning about not just copying what other people do. It's good to try things out. Other people succeeded by doing this technique or this or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to kind of really be honest with where you're at and what you actually need because your journey is constantly changing and evolving. So you have to be in tune with like, well, I know a lot of people who really have a poor evening routine. You got to get honest with that, like one step at a time. How's my diet? People's sexual integrity is so linked to to things like diet. It's Mm. crazy. It's insane. So which area of your life do you really need to work on? That really seems out of control that. I don't know if I've mentioned him on the podcast, but it was really clear. I just remember looking in his car and I could tell if he was in a bad place or not based on whether his car was clean or messy, but also when it was messy, it was filled with junk food wrappers in his back seat because I knew he would just stop at a convenience store and buy <laughs> nasty, those nasty hot dogs at 7-Eleven. It was like he was trying to kill him, punish himself. And I knew another guy and every time he watched porn, he would crave Taco Bell and he'd go and just binge Taco Bell and then just feel terrible about his life. Like he is somehow associated failing in his sexual integrity with torturing himself with poor quality food. Not to diss anybody who likes Taco Bell. But and now uh, you got me self-conscious about my car. What's in my car? <laughs> well, no, that was just him. I could tell him because the quality of his standards were affected by his sexual integrity. So for him, it's like, All he had to do was look at his own car and be like, how am I doing mentally, (laughs) right? Emotionally. But that's different for everybody. So gals and guys, if you are feeling stuck, just to recap, we highly recommend to figure out what is the biggest roadblock and then get prepared to be uncomfortable. Embrace it. And that discomfort doesn't mean pain and suffering. It just means discomfort. Because one way or another, you're going to be uncomfortable. It's just either short-term discomfort by, say, getting accountability or long-term discomfort by having a life that you don't even enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so short-term discomfort is so much more faster and it's and you process it and then you grow and then you benefit. Long-term is just prolonged and endless and wreaks havoc on every area of your life. So why not just commit to experiencing some short-term discomfort? Yeah, and, and, and also trying new things, right? Like trying different things. And chances are, if you tried a different approach to get unstuck, then it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, and that's why you haven't tried it. And that's why you're stuck (laughs) because (laughs) you haven't tried it. And because it's uncomfortable. I just want to share while you were saying that I was thinking, I remember a year ago, I've gone through a lot of those moments where I was really afraid to do something. And then I did it. And then I got excited about the idea of being uncomfortable, making videos, for example, like podcasts, like this is a prime example. Sammy asked me to take over the podcast with you. And I was scared. Like I was, I was like nervous. And then I was afraid to put my face online and make videos. And then I just did it. And then I got excited about the idea of like, imagine if I could just be comfortable being uncomfortable and just get used to it and then get better at it and then enjoy it, you know? And yeah. it's like, this is actually the, my favorite thing to do. 
is make content now. It's like crazy because a year ago or two years ago, my thought was, I'm not that guy. I had this belief in identity. I'm not that guy that makes content because it's uncomfortable. And now it's like, I hope it helps people. And I just want to do it. Another yeah. thing is I remember high noon, I was asked to do like one-on-one -on -one mentoring with orientating, orienting people to join the Ascend program. And I was like super uncomfortable to do that. And I was like, I could do maybe like one a month, like, and really uncomfortable because I had anxiety about talking with strangers, people I didn't know. And then now it's like, I can do that all day now. And I actually really, really enjoy it. And I didn't think I ever would, but that was like my favorite thing to do is talk to people about their sexual integrity and seeing in their eyes or light bulb moments, like realizations they're having. And then them going like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Like, I didn't know I was like that. You know, I didn't know I was using porn because of this issue, or I didn't know I had this like childhood thing issue that, so that's like what I live for now. So it's not a brag. It's just like, I'm learning that how much I don't know. Does that make sense? Like I'm learning how much there is to learn. And it's crazy to think that there's way, way more experiences in my life that are going to happen like that, that I haven't touched yet. And it is crazy. It's like, have you ever like tried a tea or like a food and you were like, how did I not know about this before? Absolutely. You know? Bro, I didn't, I didn't have my first avocado until I was like 21 or something. And they were like, like, this is I... like butter. Yeah. And there's so much more of that, but it takes different angles and different approaches and trying new things, right? They are still discovering new species of frogs every week. I just learned on <laughs> planet Earth. So you should be discovering new things about yourself every week. Mm. Anyway, yeah, guys, that's really the crux of expansion is growth and charting new territory, going into new uncomfortable places in your mind, in your heart, in life. And when you're doing that, you're allocating so much more bandwidth to expansion than to running back to your happy place, which is never conducive to growth. So I hope this helped. I hope you can unstuck yourself and uh, realign yourself with the person that you want to be. And as always, if you need anything, reach out to Banger, myself, or anybody on the website, go to highnoon.org, check out our website, and we're happy to talk. Just like Benji said, he loves it now. Even he if he it. doesn't even know, he loves you. <laughs> so thank you guys, and we will see you next week. All right. Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here, and I just wanted to add one more point. High Noon is a nonprofit organization and we are run by donations. And although we've been doing okay, thanks to the massive generosity of our founders, the Wolfenbergers, we want to expand higher, 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 higher. We want to make a global impact. We want to reach every family. We want to change the culture. And for that to happen, we're going to need a lot of volunteers and a lot of staff. That's just the reality. It takes money to travel. It takes money to do a lot of the things we do. And we want to let you be a part of this growth. And so what we've created is a donors club, which is a $10 a month club. And when you join, you get a t-shirt mailed to your door. You can get some exclusive content. And we also have some really good goodies for our tribe of people who are part of the donors club that we're going to talk about in the coming months. So. I just wanted to invite you to be one of these people. Everybody can afford $10 a month. It's just a matter of whether it's a priority. So if you feel High Noon has impacted you positively or your family or somebody you know, please consider donating. I don't want you to give any money unless you really, really want to. But if you do want to, I encourage you to really, really donate. So $10 a month is, I don't know, 
a cat a month. I don't know how to measure it. It's a giant hamburger and french fries a month that you can sacrifice in order to help this world become a more habitable, more enjoyable, more connected, more loving place. So please consider joining our donors club. It's just $10 a month. We look forward to seeing you on the inside of our secret society for donors. Have a good day, everybody.